The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Amen. Let's just pray again. Father, thank you that we don't need to live in the shadow of fear because of the coming of Jesus. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. For those who have come humbly, honestly, confessing, and that confessing is followed by receiving the confession, the giving doesn't leave an emptiness, but a filling with, as it says in Ephesians, the fullness of Christ. I pray uh, for those who have come to Christ, it'll just be this incredible joy today. And again, hearing the Christmas story and, <clears throat> and for any who have not, it'll be just an amazing open invitation. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. My hope is that the sermon today will be very simple. And we are going to read a lot of the Christmas story. And the reason why I hope it will be really simple is because in many ways it is a very simple story because it, it has very simple people in it. Um, there is so much um, tradition and, and shall we say, you know, decoration now around the Christmas story that, that I think we make it so much more than it, it maybe at that time to these simple people were just kind of like, wow, that God would ever come to me or the angel would ever introduce me to what is happening. And, and so in many ways, it is very, very simple. And as we've seen who God is, he is an eternal God from everlasting to everlasting. And that is who Jesus is, that he was long anticipated that this light seemed very distant, that he is cosmic in his nature, that even beyond the cosmos in his nature, and all these things that God is present in the manger. And seeing God who is present in the manger, uh, we now ask ourselves, what is our relationship to God? What is our relationship to this light? And asking this question by seeing relationships that, that are there in the very beginning, looking at Mary and the shepherds and, and Simeon. So my plan for today simply is to read their stories. And, and I want you to ask as we're reading them, how did God show up to each of them? God showing up through maybe an angel or just through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. How does God show up to them very individually? Um, as many emails as I can, I just connect people on them because I don't want to do individual messages. I'm just like, it's way simpler just to go like, 
blast. You know, like everybody, everybody gets the same thing. But in this short uh, couple chapters, God's showing up with very individual messages and it's really amazing to watch. The angel doesn't show up to Mary in the same way he shows up to the shepherds or, or the way he, he shows Simeon of his coming. It's, it's very different. And in the same way, I think oftentimes uh, we get pretty generic instead of seeing God's invitation to come and him wanting to present himself to us personally. So, so notice the differences in these stories. We're going to start just with the, the story of Mary. If you have your Bibles, um, or it might be up here, uh, Luke, here we go, Luke 1, just starting in verse 26 and going to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will, receive, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary? asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled, and then the angel left her. Now, when I read Mary's story, my mind is always full of so many questions. So many questions about this, this young woman who just gets the biggest news ever, and that's no exaggeration. And, and what I'm struck by reading this story every time is Mary's loneliness. Mary is alone in this story. She's not with anybody else. And she receive, receives news that, that no one else will receive, right? That no one else will understand. And so this young woman getting news that will essentially isolate her from her community begs the question of me, and it's, there's a hard question to ask, and I almost feel like I have to apologize for asking, but it seems almost selfish of God. Seriously, I'm, I'm not like, I know it's probably not the, you know, that's not the right question to ask, but it is the question I ask as I read it. How could God ask? But when I hear myself asking this question, I'm struck by my own self-centeredness. And 
and I hear Mary's just, she only speaks twice, once with a question and second time with an affirmation. And the first is simply this, I don't understand how this could happen. I'm a virgin, she says, right? How will this be since I'm a virgin? And then the the angel responds, God's going to overshadow you. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. He'll be present with you. And she simply says this, I'm the Lord's servant. And that is what defined Mary. (laughs) Where I would ask, and I don't know how to not ask, God, how, how can you ask Mary to do this, she simply says, may your word be fulfilled. Perhaps this is the most intimate thing that God could ever ask of somebody, right? That literally her body will change, her being will change, and she will give birth to a son. And that son will be called the son of God. In some ways it's so simple of a story, and yet in other ways, it, it reveals Mary's heart and it reveals the heart of God. Now, let's move on to the shepherd story. In Luke 2, starting in verse 8, it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I think the shepherd story is the one that I relate with most uh, out of these very, very eclectic stories. Now, the shepherds were simply going about their job. You don't sense that there's any anticipation or preparedness for what they're going to be told. And and there's never really an explanation. You can hear sermon after sermon on, on why God chose the shepherds. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't make sense. Um, I think of these shepherds as gruff, weather-worn men. Perhaps men who spoke few words and showed few emotions. But they probably, with those few words, knew how to tell a good story. And maybe that is why God chose them. Perhaps they would sit around with their few stories 
that were so good that they had to tell them over and over and over again and still found satisfaction in every retelling. Don't you love those kind of people? And these men's, these men who probably spent most nights up together likely weren't strangers to one another. They likely had grown up with one another, relying on each other for everything. And their life probably rarely extended beyond their property, other than maybe going to town, Jerusalem, which wouldn't have been far away, once a month, if that, to go sell some sheep. These weren't devout holy men by any stretch of the imagination. It maybe isn't even likely that they visited the temple when they went to town once a month to sell their sheep. And yet these were the men that God showed the greatest treasure of all time to. How simple of a story is that? Men who just probably knew how to tell a really good story. (laughs) And so it says they go out sharing this story. And it says all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. What I want you to, to do with this is not make it more than it is. Make it what it is. An angel showing up to a few people that did not expect it at all. But they knew what to do with that, and they shared the story. Turn with me to Simeon. Just a couple verses later, chapter 2, verse 25. Now, Simeon seems like he is the only one who anticipated it. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. The consolation simply meaning he was waiting for the comfort of Israel. Israel had gone through years of slavery, gone through years of waiting, gone through years of persecution, and he's waiting for when God will finally comfort his people by coming. That's simply what it means with the consolation of Israel. It has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple court when the parents brought the child Jesus uh, to do for him what was the custom of the law. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what he said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That is Simeon. Now Simeon, being righteous and devout, um, gives quite a contrast to the shepherds. Notice that it did not say the shepherds were devout and righteous men because they probably weren't. And yet, yet think of these very different simple stories that are being shared. 
Simeon being devout and righteous simply means that he lives steadfastly and faithfully according to the revealed word of God. He knew God's word and he lived according to it, devoutly. And he lived in beautiful anticipation. And so his, his words as he comes, he, and he's drawn to this moment by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit just gives him the perfect words for the moment. He is a soul made ready. That's what I think defines Simeon. He's a soul made ready for this moment. And so he seems like he has a tongue ready to speak, eyes ready to see. He has been led to this moment. And yet for us, we see but a small window into his life. And this is what I want you to take away from Simeon's story, that a life of preparation leads to us just seeing maybe five minutes. Isn't that interesting? And yet told year after year after year, thousands of years, we still are telling Simeon's story, a man who is devout and righteous and ready, with a tongue ready to speak, with ears ready to hear, with eyes ready to see the Messiah. Very simple story. So the question for us this Christmas season is, as we see three parts of the same story, we see three different messages being given. We see three very different experiences. Is simply this. This Christmas, stop trying to live someone else's story. Man, isn't that a freeing message? <laughs> this Christmas, stop trying to live someone else's story. The presence of God will be personal to you. That's what we get from this. This is amazing. The presence of God will be personal to you, even if you are a non-devout shepherd in the field. There are so many stories not told in this. So many stories not told. We just get a few of them, and I guarantee you there are many, many more. And the same thing here. You will get your portion if you come to this story this Christmas. If this Christmas you preparing your heart come again to the story of the, the cosmic, eternal, everlasting to everlasting God who showed up in the manger, not as an abstract light, but as the light of the world, the light of all people who had come and made himself personal. Everyone gets a part in that story. Whether you are a CEO of a company or you are a person with Down syndrome or whatever it is, you get a part if you come to this child in the manger, right? What is your part in the story? And this is important. God is eternal. You are not. That means you only get a part. You only get a portion you don't get to be there at the beginning, but you get to be there now. So what is your role now? What is your window of time and how will you use it? What is your story that's being told? What is your relationship to the light? So, what I would like you to ask is how in the world could my story be a part of God's story. And I don't know how that will be told. We only get three stories here. There's a couple more. We get Elizabeth and Zechariah. We get some other stories. But how will your story be a part of, of God's story?
Um, Because we each, in some way, are, are meant to carry this light. We're meant to share the story of this light. And we also are, are meant to, in some way, speak as we see the light that has come into the world. So, I can't say a lot more than that to you. <clears throat> what I can do is show you and then invite you in. And, and the amazing thing is, wherever you are, if you are a young man or young woman like Mary... If, if you are an old man or an old woman like Simeon, and, and the window of your story is just there, right? Ready? I mean, he said he was going to see the Messiah and then he was going to die. And that's the window we get in. So you're all a part of this. You all have time in this moment. What will your story be in the big story of God? And I want you to think about it this Christmas. Every time you hear the Christmas story, think of what is my story in relationship to that Christmas story? And how will my light show that great light of the world? Pray with me. Father, uh, I feel like in these like simple stories of simple people, we should see that you're calling us just to be us, the way you, you made us, now filled by your light, led by your spirit, to do things that the person next to us isn't necessarily being called to do. And maybe we've been so focused on that other person or someone else or another story that we haven't just heard how you will show up to us and you will speak to us by the Holy Spirit or maybe an angel, I don't know, that... God, this Christmas, I pray again, we just have sensitive heart, tender hearts to let you speak to us and show us just what part we have in your story. And like the angel said to the shepherds, that this good news will be joy to all people. I pray that there will just be amazing joy for this church this week. as we just let your light shine on us, and not just on us, but like Jenny was sharing, in us and through us to the world. Show us how to each do that uniquely, led by the Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.